0: Well, it's Pride Month. Hello to all my Piran addicts, my middle-aged things, my Michael kids, those out there who are still adorable, young, and full of hope, and all my listeners of the HBO Max Movie Club. Dear God, am I excited to energetically welcome you to South Beach, where today we're going to soak up some good old-fashioned discourse on the film The Birdcage. You know it you'll love it. Probably many of your favorite films, I would say. I mean, I talk to so many gay and queer people who say The Birdcage, my favorite film. (laughs) Directed by Mike Nichols and written by Elaine May, this one's got an all-star cast, all right? It's top-lined by Robin Williams as Armand and Nathan Lane as Albert Or you may know him better by his drag queen persona Starina as well as Gene Hackman, Diane Weest, Callista Flockhart, Christine Baranski, Hank Azaria and Dan Futterman and that's a SAG award winning cast okay you probably know and love it but here's a little summary a gay cabaret owner and his drag queen companion agree to put up a false straight front so that their son can introduce them to his fiance's right wing, moralistic parents. And you know, hilarity is going to ensue. Okay, written by Nichols and May. Come on now. This is an English remake of the 1978 Franco Italian film La Cage à Fall and the musical of the same name. The original play was La Cage à Fall by Jean Poiret. And I'm really, really happy I was able to get through those French pronunciations because I got to tell you, not one of my skills... This film was released on March 8th, 1996, okay, three days after my sixth birthday, not for nothing, something there. It grossed $18,275,828 in the opening weekend, which topped the box office, okay, topped, A little gay lingo there, not for nothing, sorry about it, I actually really do apologize. And by the end of its 14-week run, it grossed $124 million, $60,000. How do you say this? $124,060,553 domestically. That's how much it earned. And reached a total of $185 million worldwide, give or take some bucks. Now this actually had a budget of 31 million, so she made money, all right? Like a drag queen do. The soundtrack was also incredible. Three songs written by Sondheim were adapted and arranged for the film by the composer Jonathan Tunick. Albert's first song as Starina is Can That Boy Foxtrot from Follies. Tunick also used Donna Summer's She Works Hard for the Money, We Are Family, and Gloria Estefan's Conga, which is honestly I think tied up there, number one tie for me with Gloria Estefan's Turn the Beat Around. I just, you you find me on a certain day and I'm a turn the beat around person and then other days I'm a conga person. It really just depends on how I wake up that morning, okay? Now just a little bit about the production. This was Nichols and May's first on-screen collaboration Ever. and Nichols and May they basically redefined improv comedy back in the 50s and 60s this was a project they wanted to do for going on 15 years and they, they were quoted at the time as saying we know they were quoted at the time as saying we knew from the first that this was a timeless comedy with a terrific plot and a wonderful ending based on the source material so they went through the story many times before Elaine May wrote this and they believed at the time quote It was exciting to remember the joy of being funny together. We bring out the best in each other. The casting was incredibly important to Nichols and May to get right, saying, One of the main things we wanted to do in casting the movie was to find actors who would inhabit the characters rather than comment on them. Such as sort of common at the time in terms of, you know, straight actors playing gay, etc. Boring conversation. This was beautifully performed by everyone involved. The straights, the gays, We love them all. We stand by it all. Speaking of Nichols and May, I'm actually welcoming another iconic comedy duo to the podcast today, my dear sisters, and sorry, let me wipe a tear from my eye, chosen family members, Josh Sharp and Aaron Jackson, who actually worked with Nathan Lane on their upcoming film, Fucking Identical Twins. So I think we can look forward to some pretty incredible insight there. At least I hope they could always flop, but probably not. They're my favorite people, and um, they're on the HBO Max Movie Club. Talk about the birdcage right now. La Fall? More like La Caja, Me and the Dolls. <laughs> Did
1: you get it? Yeah, did you want us to laugh then, or or what? Yeah, yeah, you doll. guys can come in
0: and laugh right. Okay, you want to <laughs> you take that again and, and laugh, right we'll laugh now? This we'll time? put the laughing in. Yeah, post. sure, sure, sure. Oh yeah, we'll sure, give sure, you a sure. laugh we'll right now <laughs> to put it in post. Ready, Aaron? Ha 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 Okay, did we get that in the clean? Good. And now let me just do it again so that we can get it just like it's natural, and <laughs> okay. you guys actually thought it was funny. Ready? Right. Here we go. Lakaja fall more like Lakaj me and the dolls.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is
0: that natural? So we'll just see which one of that uh, <laughs> yeah one of those is going to be natural. Hey, my two sisters. Hello, Hi, my, sister queen. My
1: single
2: sister.
0: <laughs> it's it's so it's so fabulous to have you guys here to talk about the film The Birdcage. Well, you're both of your favorite films. Favorite wow. film. Well, I do love The Birdcage. No, I actually yeah. do love it. How can you choose one favorite though? Yeah. Well, I think people do it all the time. Like mm. from, like if you had to choose a favorite film, what is it? Gone. I <laughs> Don't, I don't don't know that I, do that. Um, don't and know that we're on the HBO Max movie club, so it should be streaming on HBO Max. Don't okay. bully me. What's stri- Zip, the Batman? <laughs> perfect, <laughs> perfect. Okay, we have it on record. So, when you first saw this film, did you think maybe you were gay? God, I can't. Now I'm trying to remember when I had first I know. seen it. I feel like I've I always. I think I was in it. the
2: closet when I first saw it. I think I was as well. But I really, I but I responded to it.
1: Yeah. I found it as things I like saw in college that were so impossibly gay that I saw myself in while while not seeing gay like Rufus Wainwright. I was so into and right. that like really taught me to be a faggot. Is Rufus streaming on HBO? Can we say his name? I'm sure something, <laughs> but you know, he might be
0: on Warner Records, honestly. There's some way that we can connect <laughs> Rufus Wainwright to this podcast through six degrees of separation. Yeah. <laughs> six um, degrees of separation. But the birdcage is one of those. So, if you guys were to star in Lacage together, would you guys sort of fight over who was going to be starina. like the starina role? Yeah. I guess I that's guess. the more fun yeah. part,
1: right? <laughs> like, Although Robin had fun, Robin no, no, turned it no, down no. and then found the humor.
0: And, no, Robin, you know. Robin did good. Robin did an amazing job, and I will say that Robin, when he when he was first like setting the table for his son to come in, I actually got very really emotional because I do miss Robin W. Oh, oh and I think God. Robin's
1: fabulous in that film. Also, it's I know he turned down the Nathan Lane part first, but then wasn't is that I, true? That's definitely true. Like I believe he and, I, he and Nathan I, say it in press. Yeah, like,
2: I believe that he turned it down, but he he recommended Nathan.
1: Yes. So this I know. I actually early this week went back and read an old interview of because I was just googling stuff and I found she an, did a the press from like 1996 that was really funny. But that part is true. That yes, he was offered that role and was like, I've done that before, sort of like Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, and right. Then, Mrs. And so, Doubtfire and then I famously think helped in recommending Nathan. But the part I can't remember is true that someone told me at one part was that maybe Steve Martin was supposed to be the other part. Oh, it was going to be Robin and Steve. That's what I think I recall, but I could be lying about the Steve part. I did not corroborate that. But yeah, Robin was supposed to be Nathan's part, and that's funny to imagine that version of the film.
0: Yes. And this was sort of a breakout for Nathan Lane.
1: But I also think Robin's a fabulous actor. Like, he's so fucking good. So seeing him in the, like, quote-unquote understated role, if that exists in this film, is still, like, really fun. No, he's wonderful.
0: And so when you spoke with Nathan Lane on the set of your upcoming film, Fucking Identical Twins, and you sort of sat with him i want to know what that what was that experience like you know sort of uh aunt nathan well i mean he's nathan. the
1: fucking icon and he's we like, did
0: grill
2: him about the birdcage i mean every day was sort of like pick a new nathan lane project to be yeah. like tell us about tell us about lion king yeah, tell yeah, us yeah. about
1: producers every day it was just like what can we learn about so we did we did
0: sit with
2: him and talk about the birdcage a lot which was really fun
0: and what were some interesting things that he said about it he loved working with Mike Nichols. He loved that they, they had like a huge
2: long rehearsal process. He loved Robin Williams. They he did. spoke so highly of Robin Williams and it was so sweet. He was just like, he's such a wonderful, kind man. I owe him my career, blah, 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 blah. It was a, very touching.
1: Which is true because it's funny that that was like his blow up was that because he'd just come off Lion King, which was huge, but you're a voice. And then he was only known as like a stage person. And that was sort of his like, could you be a movie star? So I do, again, funny to read this interview from 1996, where Nathan is very like, little old me in a movie, you know? And it's like, now you are the diva, the doll. A
2: Broadway girl. Yeah. And
1: I think Mike was pretty adamant about like having them stick to it, which like Robin's stick to the script, I mean. And so Robin's skin was crawling and he always was like, I couldn't improvise, you know? And so he sort of demanded that he was like, can we do one wild take? And so as it like, as a treat, Mike would always give them like one wild take and Robin, and I'm sure Nathan would, like, go the fuck off. Yeah.
0: I would imagine that this would have been a very fun set to be on. It was shot in South Beach, yeah. and there were so many fun people in it. I know. So you have to imagine when you get a bunch of fun people together in the environment of South Beach, the line probably gets blurred, you know, between work and vacation. What's a time where you guys experienced... uh Sort of, you couldn't tell if it was work or vacation.
1: Right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> There's a,
2: you can't really see, but there are some beautiful palm paintings yeah. in this room. So that feels very vacation. Yeah, it's
0: really giving the birdcage. It, yeah, it actually yeah, it is. is
2: giving the birdcage. One time, Josh and I shot like a political piece in Savannah, Georgia, but the piece oh, was yeah. so easy and we got to ride jet skis and ride a tandem bicycle around. And then the plane, there was a blizzard in New York City. So we were trapped in Savannah for a couple hours extra days, and and truly just got to hang out paid for. So that was a line where work and yeah, vacation, truly. that was where it blurred for me, Matt.
0: Truly. <laughs> That's really exciting to hear about. What about you? I was going to say right now. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Other than right now, okay. other than right now, and of course, and of course, the uh, the film Fire Island streaming on Hulu, sorry HBO Max, that was actually uh, very much a vacation feeling. Um, can we chat a little bit about Diane Weiss? because I feel she's the unsung hero of the film? Do you have a favorite Diane Weiss line reading? And when when you do it, you have to you have to make sure that it's Oscar worthy.
1: So many of the lines that I remember are obviously Nathan's lines. Like, those are the only lines I remember.
0: Sexism at its its purest form. Yeah,
1: I mean, when he's playing a woman. How about this? Here's one. Here's my, uh...
0: Hello? Is
2: that good? (laughs) I'm sure she says hello at one point. I like when she says,
0: (laughs) Someone has to like me best! Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: so good. She is always... A scene stealer in every movie she's in, even when she, it, it seems like she's not trying to be sometimes. Like, this is again, like a fun part, but not the like in her, you can't say his name anymore, but the Woody Allen bullets over Broadway. I mean, she is like playing a huge part and it's so funny. But even in this, where she's playing, you know, a conservative senator's wife, she's very, very, very
1: talented. Watch very out for talented. her. Watch out Keep for your her. eye on her. Keep your eyes on this young girl. <laughs>
0: People need to be watching out for Diane Leist. And another actress that people should watch out for in the film is Christine Baranski. Yes, oh, mother doing
1: dearest. Like, <laughs> serving legs. Yeah. Serving business <laughs> woman. Oh, I'm just sitting on my desk in my big power office. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and in my in my convertible trying to make it off oh, traffic.
2: And what do they sing when they're dancing together T for Two? What is it that they sing like when <laughs> when Robin and her are dancing someone's oh, yeah. dying cuz it's probably not T for Two but <laughs> someone's
0: dying. Um wait. I think my favorite moment of Christine in the film is just when she finally does make it to the house at the end and just the way that she enters the room yes. like sort of like not looking at anyone who's opened the door for her just like sort of entering the space like eyes forward like it's like a theatrical yes entrance. she's waiting for the applause yes. wouldn't you love to see Christine Baranski play
2: like incredibly low status because she always is just like yeah is is that one
1: like Christmas on the square Christmas on the- where she's like, literally doing like an amalgamation of four different movie Wouldn't villains. You, I'd, love
2: her to, I'd love her to play Tiny Tim yeah. in A Christmas
1: Carol. <laughs> yeah, Tiny Tina.
2: Tiny Tina. Just like uh, coughing up her lungs. She's not going to make it to next
0: Christmas. You guys want to see Christine Bransky poor, destitute, poor, poor rolling mm-hmm. hard and put away wet, yeah. mm-hmm. soaking on the streets, shivering, mm-hmm. begging for mercy. Yeah, with, that's an, what you guys uh, with an want.
2: ugly wig. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Rad. She really ugly, is glamour. Shake. And she go. is such glamour.
2: It's crazy. No, it would be it would be sacrilege to watch her even play medium status. Let alone
0: low. She is a queen who remains on high. Yeah. Um, so in the in the drag show in the beginning, mm-hmm. well, first of all, can we just shout out that incredible, literal, long shot from the helicopter as it comes over the water? Did you guys ever, like, actually... Sometimes I watch movies and I think, oh, yeah, sure, I'm just taking this as, as canon that this shot is in here. In, like, the mid-'90s, to, like, have a camera go truly over the water, fall out of the helicopter and go into a room? What the hell? And this is the disease of
1: having made anything now is that Aaron and I you know, after shooting a movie musical in 20 days. Now I watch everything like that, and all I can think about is that what a nightmare it would have been to get that shot.
2: You well, know? and the money. And this was a, like a $30 million movie. This isn't a crazy expensive, yeah. And yet, oh, well, we've got to have a chopper shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's incredible.
0: Now they do it with a drone. Yeah, I literally was, th- I was looking at it, and I was like, how could this not be a drone? And I was like, a time before drones in the mid-90s where they had to strap it to a damn copter. Do you guys, um, were you guys very familiar and are you very familiar with the works of Nichols and May as sort of an iconic comedy duo? Did you Have you paid your respects in that way? I've paid
1: respects, but I, I don't want to say I'm incredibly no. familiar. I did have one of their
2: comedy albums. Like yeah. once I started doing comedy, somebody gave it to me. I can't remember whomst, but no way and in- call myself an expert. But I have listened to some of their old radio sketches. Also, do
1: we go see um <laughs> Elaine when she was in um, yes. Three Tall, or um, no, what was it called? Or no, 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 Upper West Side, I Have Dementia. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Shit, what's the name? What is the
2: name of the place? It was called Upper Space West Side, and- I Have Dementia. Yeah. 90 <laughs> yeah, years old and right. so
1: freaking good. She was so good. And of
2: was course, she? her character, yes, her character has dementia and is you know, losing her memory and stuff. And you in the audience are, I found myself being terrified. That was like, oh I was my like, God, Elaine sh- the Late. She's, she's forgetting her, her lines. lines. It's like, no, this the is. The one with
1: Michael Sarah. right? <laughs> These are the
2: lines. What was it called? No, not Michael Sarah, the, but I the Michael Sarah type. so bad that
1: What's I can't remember saying. his name? name? Lucas I believe Hedges. she Lucas was nominated for a Tony for it. She totally yeah. was, and I'm completely spacing on the want. name of the play. Because the play was like fine, but she was so fabulous. But I agree,
0: Aaron. It was like, you were like worried for her, the actor. Oh my gosh, so got
2: lines like, no, she didn't. She's just a brilliant actress.
0: I'm literally watching right now. It was called the Waverly Gallery. That's it. The Waverly Gallery. Galilee. And she won the Tony Award she deserved in 2019 it. for it. She deserved it. That's it. And it's great to see a queen win, you know? Yes. Great to, to see a queen A queen staying queen. A queen staying queen. Queen staying queen. Speak... Speaking of queens, um, in the opening drag performance, um, you know, leading up to the big starina reveal... Did you sort of um reminisce about times in sort of New York over over the many years that oh, we've been Oh, it's from? giving
1: Barracuda. It's giving yeah. it's giving Tina Burners Girlesque for sure.
0: Tina Burners <laughs> Girlesque <laughs> every Thursday night, longest running
2: drag show in New York. Um I d- I do love it. I also do love I am not knocking the television series RuPaul's Drag Race. I, re- I very much enjoy that program. But it's fun to watch a, a move d- drag depicted before the yes. heavy influence mm-hmm. of the television yes. show, RuPaul's Drag Race, which now I feel it's uh, every drag you see is derivative of that. Yeah. Um, on, uh, Depicted in the media, not in the real world, I'm right. just saying. Uh, uh, but so to see media drag before that.
1: Especially drag when it was really sort of like female impersonation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not, like not strictly, yeah. but it was still sort of peddling in that space, you know? But right. the drag in The Birdcage is really good.
2: All gender illusionists. Again, in this nineteen ninety-six
1: interview I read, Robin Williams does a lot of shtick about like these women, these drag girls, they, they really look real. You'd see these crew guys. I know she's a man, but I take it home. Sorry, honey. I got it. he does like a full shtick yeah. about um crew yeah. men wanting to fuck these drag queens. Yeah.
0: I also have to say I'm I'm really a huge fan of the choice to have them carry mics around, like in that opening drag scene, like when they're lip syncing and they they have the microphones. It was like maybe this was a choice made by someone who was like, maybe this is a Mike Nichols choice. Like they're not gonna seem like they're really singing if they're not holding
1: (laughs) microphones.
0: Yeah, if they
2: don't have mics with yellow tops. Yeah. Meanwhile, their wigs are 20 feet tall, and well, that we
1: accept. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that shot, too, where they're like moving through the space and then following Robin is really fun. It feels very, um, electric.
0: Yeah, it's so good. And he really is like giving a very like controlled performance there. It is nice to see. He was very sweet and also that wide leg white pant that he's mm. wearing oh. is true fashion and also it's yeah. way it's very back in. The fashion in this movie, everything is back. they're wearing, everything in. Robin
1: Williams wore from like 1990 to 1998
2: is very And in. the va- and the clothes of Val are also in.
0: Mm-hmm. And do, don't you feel that um Robin Williams's chest hair sort of moved you? It's erotic. A- in it's erotic for a sexual sure. way. He's very, Completely. very
2: hairy, and it is very it is erotic. He exudes masculinity uh-huh. with the chest hair.
0: You get the sense that a sexual encounter with Robin Williams would have been something. Yeah. Would have been something. Yeah. I'd be getting fucked by Robin Williams. I'd say, do the genie. <laughs> do the genie. Say Alibaba. <laughs> I guess, yeah, out of all the Robin Williams characters, this is the one. I'm most horny for. Not, not the Jack? genie? Not You're the not genie? horny for Jack, the 10-year-old no, and a 4 year olds body? Because I have to tell you something about Jack. I have to reveal something about Jack. He Uh-oh. was a kid.
1: Oh, right.
0: Oh, well, I liked him when
1: he was old
2: at high school graduation. When yeah. he was <laughs> an old man. When he was daddy at grad. You're not horny for bicentennial, man? I'm the horniest for genie because imagine this. I wish this was the best sex I ever had. I <gasps> have it.
1: That's good. That would be a real hack. <laughs> real, real hack. Wish hack. I'm sort of horny for him and Hook. <laughs> oh, he's great. Oh, really? That.
0: Yeah. That's sprightly energy. Face. You know, it's fun. Mork and Mindy. More like pork me. Yeah, pork me, Mindy.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: More like pork me, Mindy. <laughs> um, listen, speaking of wanting to have sex with characters in the film, how attracted were we to Hank Azaria? Okay, I know, I know we're all... Elephant in the room, he's playing a what, a Guatemalan. <laughs> that was sort of his bag at the time, was sort of like, you know, not things that don't necessarily hold up. I'm not doing the research
1: right. Isn't he like Sephardic Jew or something? Like his he's, people are something from somewhere, but not the voice not that, that he's doing. But
2: let me just say <laughs> that it is... A very, very funny performance. It is funny. <laughs> we'll just oh, say that it's a, s- a specific character that sort of is so stupid. It's like, I don't feel yeah. it's, it's making fun of anything, but I do understand. Shoes make me fall is so funny. I don't rainy. wear shoes because they make me fall down. That is
1: so funny.
2: <laughs> so And such a fun thing to come back and revisit when he has to wear shoes for, you know, during know. the big sitcom part. It's like, but we uh, we've already laid the groundwork. They make yeah. him fall down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, say what you will about his for you know less but sometimes I think this movie does get put through the modern lens and people are mad about certain performances in it that one I get yeah. Robbins of course because he's straight but again it's so fucking good and authentic Who cares? but even Nathan's people get mad about because they just say it's so stereotypical and it's no, like no. that person fucking existed and does exist and, still, and you can't fault that performance for the culture where like that was the only portrayal of gay people you saw like duh that's not the yeah. fault of nathan lane in this film who's exemplary well,
2: and he's playing a queenie drag queen. great right. that like, person like,
1: exists <laughs> right. and, and if anything the response yeah. to that kind of thing led to this like very norm core like let's yes. cast gay people as full straight guys yeah. which was boring and now we've like doubled back and now there's a lot of like let queer people perform their queerness which is like yeah like nathan lane in the bird cage right. that's just what right. Right. like in the like early 90s well, and so, like the you know, south beach drag exactly queen he's a, he is a is flamboyant real. gay
2: person that's the whole point he's like a that's integral to the plot too that he has right. to be very flaming
1: so we do have to like see things in context and you can like criticize the culture without like throwing nathan lane out with the bathwater i just think that he's so good and so funny and perfect well after. that's what i want mean. if we are if we're on nathan
2: now i do think Nathan's performance is so extraordinary in this movie, and I do think he should have won an Academy Award.
0: I agree. Yeah, people are mad about the snub. It's so brilliant.
2: it's
1: so over the top, which is what he's good at. Again, we found this in our fucking cartoon movie, that he can, like, go so broad and then sneak in heart, and you're like, fuck me in my ass. How did you do that? Like, how did you act inside of this thing that is so big and broad? Yeah. I mean, like, he spends half the movie going, oh! You know, and yet yeah. there's, like, yeah. you you are, like, weeping for him. That fucking bus scene, the bus stop scene is so good. He's he's wonderful.
0: It truly feels grounded. And I also would imagine that probably a lot of the, like, you know, uh, I, like, reticence around him is, like, people maybe just didn't know him before and didn't know this was part of, like, his actual nature. So to see him arrive on screen and just be like, oh! and like 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 being that queenie i think that I they know. probably just didn't have an understanding or I like a pierced deep i the toast I pierced the toast i pierced the toast <laughs> it's so good but you know this actually comes after lion king okay so he had already pumbaa yeah, well, oh, timoned. he timoned. Yeah, he was <laughs> Tim owned. Sorry, sorry to all my Pumbas. He has a great line again in this 1996 interview where he's talking
1: about getting cast in this. thing. Were you surprised to cast in this Mike Nichols movie with Robin Williams? He's like, I was completely surprised. I mean, I'm just the fucking rat from Lion King. <laughs> yeah. Was his line, <laughs> which
2: I thought was really funny. I'm just the fucking rat. I'm the from rat Lion.
1: from Lion King, and now I'm a movie star. <laughs> uh, he just,
2: he he just is really wonderful. Also, I mean, he the uh, awards. Famously bullshit. hate comedies, and this is a comedy, so you
0: can't. Um, yes, but he but did. So he did get a Screen Actors Guild nomination as and did a area for this, and a Globe and a, Glo- nom. a gl- big old Globe nom, and also this cast won the SAG award. It is, it is an amazing cast. I it's an amazing everybody cast. It's in a, a great, great ensemble.
2: Great ensemble.
1: And he's so good. There's also a thing we still do with this now. There's this interpretation of what it means to be authentic. And it almost mm. inevitably is taken at surface level where it's like, does the character cry? But like sometimes seeing Nathan Lane clown... You know, you're like, it feels yeah. authentic on the meta level, too. Of like, I am seeing Nathan being himself in this role and doing what is funny. Like, I'm seeing him be like, this will make people laugh. And it's very true to my sensibility. Even if it's like a little over the top for what a person would really do in the patio of a restaurant. It's like, who fucking cares? If he was like to hold back, you'd be like, this feels so false. Like, but this also, queen. Like- Needs to be him. And also Nathan needs to do what... He's a stage actor who's like an expert clown. Like, let him clown. It's also
2: like, think about being in the patio of a restaurant with our friend group. People have been much more insane than that. Completely true. We have been asked to please
1: completely true be quiet we have determined authentic <laughs> please
0: jump off the nearest yes, high yes, yes. List. <laughs> kill we've yourselves. decided
1: in film that authenticity has to be like normcore sometimes oh, or yeah. weepy and it's every, just well so yeah fucking everyone boring. thinks acting
2: is crying and everyone thinks being authentic is being small and it's like that's not also, true also a it's an
1: hour and a half it's not a person's whole life so you can see parts of their lives and not every single moment and and still understand them and paint the picture of this person you know
0: i also think that like uh, like an elephant in the room is that like Especially in the mid 90s, you know, and it still remains to this day. I've experienced it when I play like an over the top gay character. And I'm certain that you guys have dealt with this as well. It's that like there is still a lot of self-consciousness in terms of being a member of the queer audience watching yourself represented. And I think that especially in the mid-90s when this is made and then it's released in 1996, it's like when there's a super queenie character and there's not a lot of representation outside of that, a lot of queer audiences panic because they think, oh, everyone's going to think I'm like that. And if, if I'm not comfortable with that particular depiction and can't see the humor in it, let me spin out completely and like take it out on this movie and take it out on this performance despite the fact that like this person is an individual, you know, portraying another individual. It's all internalized. It's all very precious. And I understand why queer audiences have a high bar because we just don't have a lot of representation. Right. And it's only just now that we're even having that conversation about how sensitive we are about the way we're portrayed. And it's it we can only have that now because we are like, you know, Almost thirty years out from this movie. totally
1: again, and that's a note on the culture and not this specific film. and also it's not the role of any film yes. to represent every perspective exactly. yes you know so it's like sometimes we have to give yep. grace to like I can see parts of myself in this character. and even if there's parts that I don't see, that is not bad. like like you are right. you should be like challenged and and learn from like characters who are not exactly like you. So like yes. let this queen like make you laugh and not be like self-hating internally homophobic about it right.
2: It's a specific, it's so it's a specific story, which that's why it is stronger than like, I think some whatever queer stories or whatever, try to be a little more broad to please everyone. And then queer people get mad because you're like, this character's so boring. I've never met a gay person this boring in my life, you know, because they're trying to please right. d- to kind of sort of like g- give the every man type, if you will. And uh, everyone's like, he sucks. So I-, I don't mind it being hyper-specific. Just like I don't mind, you know, I can't think of anything else, of course, right now, but just a, a hyper-specific movie about any Minority group, where you're like, this is not exactly this does not moonlight. Moonlight does not represent. I I literally was going to say moonlight. Yeah, that's. But it's like here's one hyper specific experience about this. A strange loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Which makes it more universal because I think it's so specific.
1: I agree that you have to force yourself to not see yourself entirely in it. You have to be like, what parts of this can I relate to, rather than being like, this is an everyman. I should map myself one to one onto it.
0: People forget that the specificity actually sometimes makes things more universal because yeah. we all live we we all live very specific internal lives. I think one of my favorite moments in the movie too is after Robin is told by his son that he wants him to you know play straight and butch up and get rid of Nathan um, for the for Gene Hackman and Diane Weiss' arrival. You know, Robin has that great little monologue where he's like, "Yes, I'm a middle aged fag. Yes, I live with a man, but he he's proud." of himself and he he's sort of you know it's 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 like an indignity to pretend to not be who he is after he's had to like you know fight to be comfortable with it and is at a space where he can live as himself every single day and it didn't you know there's no like trauma or tragedy in him being himself like the conflict comes in him being asked to change for someone else because he's already comfortable and he's already actualized which i think is kind of you know Kind of a revolutionary idea at the time yeah, when yeah. all we wanted, all it seemed like we wanted to give and hear as a mainstream audience was like trauma and tragedy about the gay experience. Yeah, that's right. very true. It's not a um, coming out story or a dying of AIDS story,
2: which most gay stories are, um, and that's that's right. very fun. It, and and Nathan too. Nathan is his character is very themselves very comfortable in their skin and then they have to like oh now pretend to be straight it's not like it's going in. It's not coming out. It's yeah, yeah. Movie. They have to go back in for their family. Watching Nathan try to walk as a straight man oh, is so funny. Also, when Nathan does do drag and is you know pretending to be Starina, the wife, it's so funny. Not Starina, but no. when, b- b- Mrs. Coleman. I think we should murder the mothers. Yes, yes. I think we should murder. When he's yeah. so Republican and like it does like drag Republican drag is so funny. It's so
0: good. It's
1: so smart.
0: The and doctors are just doing their And then Gene like, I love her yeah exactly yeah. it's so the doctors good. are
1: just doing that and i know what you're thinking then the baby's gonna die but it was gonna be aborted anyway i think we should murder the mothers <laughs> then robin's like couldn't we talk in the other room yeah it's so, so uh, it's funny. like it's so good what a naughty joke oh yeah
0: well speaking of all this queer stuff i have a segment on this podcast called but how is it a queer narrative So every single movie that I do here um, on this podcast, I have to sort of ask myself, but how is it a queer narrative? This is going to be hard. And my genius producer, Matt, plays a techno beat while I say the ways in which this is a queer narrative. So Matt hit my track. Okay, good luck, Matt. Yeah, good luck, Matt. And here we go. Fossey, 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 <laughs> the art of drag. Deception. Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha Graham, taking a pill without knowing what it is. Christine Baranski sort of dropping in. Twyla, 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 dealing with the press. A man's wealth measured by the size of his cock. Madonna. Keeping it all inside. And those are the ways in which this film, for me, wow. is a pure narrative. Not
1: drag, not being in a gay relationship.
0: <laughs> no, I think I said it. the
1: art of drag. Oh, I misheard uh, that. Yeah. You know, the beat was just so hypnotizing. I do love um, taking a pill and not knowing what it is. That's incredibly queer.
0: We have some hot takes that were sent in by um, listeners of this podcast. Oh, my God. Hi, listeners. Congrats Congrats on your listeners, Here are some. Congrats. You were selected. We asked, who's your daddy? Armand, played by Robin Williams, or Senator Kevin Keeley, played by Gene Hackman? Who do you think the audience went with? Armand. Yeah, Robin it's Williams. It's gotta be Robin. A commanding lead on Twitter. Yeah. 89% said their daddy was Robin Williams and not Gene Hackman. Not to say that Gene Hackman isn't deserving of respect for his own drag moment at the end of the film.
1: No. Oh, he looks great no, in drag. Great. Yeah.
2: But who's your daddy? That's interesting because it's like who is most like your father? Or is it who, who just, do just you who's, who's, daddy? who's your daddy? Like, Come on.
0: Daddy? We're queers. And with that, I would love to say I want to thank Josh Sharp and Aaron Jackson for coming in here to squeal, squawk, and squirm Aww. about the birdcage. Any any final uh, words you want to say to my extremely young audience? Respect on Nathan Lane. I Respect feel like I feel like Nathan
1: we're about Lane. to enter the new Nathan Lane aunts. I think he's having like I mean he's always been the diva, the doll, but I think he's it's like people are rediscovering him, especially these little girls, and it's so little good because he is like. Legend, so funny. Literally no one like him. Like a full vaudevillian who still works yes. in the modern era. Singular. Not only works, gets work. Like he, his shtick and his just, he's just so good. And even underrated as an actor. That's, that's what I mean. I can't actor. say enough good things about Nathan Lane. Get into Nathan Lane. Get
2: into the moment.
0: And you're going to be getting into him when y'all watch Fucking Identical Twins. When is it coming out?
2: We don't know. We don't know yet. We, we'll know
0: soon when it We'll goes. know soon. Will you tell me first before you tell anyone else? We'll tell you first. We'll, we'll tell, tell you first. We'll
2: tell you We'll tell you first. first.
0: Before our agency. You heard it here first. I'm being told first. (laughs) All right, everyone. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me on today, on tonight, on whenever you are listening to this. Yeah,
1: get into the present,
0: Mama Fish. Get you to the present, Mama Fish. Flop, thank you for listening. Bye. Goodbye. Thanks for joining the HBO Max Movie Club. The movies we talked about today are currently available on HBO Max. Check the show notes for exact streaming dates, and don't forget to join the club every other week. Share your hot takes for the new remake of Father of the Bride with hashtag MaxMovieClub to at HBO MaxMovies on Twitter and Instagram. Father of the Bride will stream exclusively on HBO Max starting June 16th. If you haven't already subscribed, rated, or reviewed HBO Max Movie Club, please do so on the iHeartRadio app, HBO Max, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might get your podcasts. HBO Max Movie Club is a production of HBO Max and iHeartRadio, hosted by me, Matt Rogers. Our executive producer is Matt Stillo. Our producer is Sierra Kaiser. And today's episode was written and researched by Kate Voss. Thanks, everybody.